the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Last 10 o'clock on this Thursday, the 31st and final morning of the month of January in the year of our Lord, 2019. Two weeks ago, there was a march in Washington, D.C., the 46th annual March for Life. My daughter was in attendance along with a lot of her students, or excuse me, her classmates from uh, Elyria Catholic High School. Hundreds of thousands of people gathered together to rally for for the defenseless, to rally for the unborn. One of the keynote speakers at that event was Abby Johnson. Abby Johnson has a very unique background. But rather than me telling you what it is before she joins me live on AM 1420, The Answer, I'll let her tell you from her speech at the March for Life. I was once a Planned Parenthood director. I was the person who was pushing women, manipulating them, exploiting them, coercing them into having abortions. I believe that abortion was always the right decision for an unplanned pregnancy. But after seeing a 13-week-old baby fight and struggle for his life in the womb, during an abortion procedure, my life was changed. After leaving our country's largest abortion provider, I founded a ministry called And Then There Were None. Our goal is, our goal is to love abortion clinic workers out of the abortion industry and into a place of healing. That is Abby Johnson, who joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Abby, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us once again here in Cleveland, Ohio. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I last spoke with you about three years ago, as I know you do a lot of interviews and a lot of media to try to spread the message of your ministry, and thank goodness for you doing that. Uh, I felt like I needed to reach out to you again now because of, well, the obvious reasons. Abby, it's gone from just a fight between pro-life, because we believe uh, life begins at conception, against pro-abortion or pro-choice, because they do not believe these are human beings, that these are medical tissue, clumps of cells, um, uh, fetuses, not babies, and so on. But, Abby, it's going, I don't know how we got where we are, but the far left has taken this to a new level. You said in your speech there what changed your life and got you away from the Planned Parenthood infanticide centers was seeing a 13-week-old baby being taken apart and aborted uh, via an ultrasound. What about a 26-week-old? What about a 36-week-old? What about a baby at 40 weeks? Because that's where we are in New York. They're pushing for in Virginia, in Rhode Island, in Massachusetts. Abby, it's getting worse and worse. And I felt like I needed to get you to speak out on this. What uh, What's happening? Yeah, I actually think that um, people, I, I, I feel like these legislators are feeling a little backed into a corner right now. I think that, um, you know, we can see a time where Roe will be overturned in the court. And so... You know, instead of just saying, well, when that time comes, we'll let it go to the states, they're actually trying to amend state constitutions, which is very difficult to undo 
um, but they're trying to amend state constitutions so that if Roe v. Wade is overturned, um, then women will not have to worry about having some sort of vote or that, you know, abortion will be legal in in their state. Um, it's it's really, you know, it's one thing if, if I, you know, uh, tell somebody, it, you know, I talk to somebody and they say, oh, well, you know, well, you know, eight weeks, it's not really baby, whatever. Okay. Like, I can understand why they would, I don't agree with them, but I can mm-hmm. understand why, why they would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're talking about fully formed babies here that are viable outside of the womb, 24 weeks plus that, you know, the, you know, now we hear in Virginia, uh, the governor says, well, you know, if the baby's born alive, then the mother gets to decide if the baby lives or not. And I'm thinking, what does that mean? Do you suffocate the baby? Do you, how do you, ta- I mean, when the baby's born, the baby should become a patient as well as the mother. The uh, Abby Johnson is my guest. Abby Johnson, again, uh, as you heard, uh, former Planned Parenthood director, now one of the the country's leading and most vocal pro uh, life activists. That that's what I wondered as well. If you listen to what the governor said in that radio interview in Virginia yesterday, he said that we'll resuscitate, we'll we'll make the the, the infant comfort. And notice, Abby, he says infant. He he doesn't say fetus. Yeah. Now it's an infant. And and we're yeah. going to make the infant comfortable. In fact, let me see if I have this part of it, and, we'll, and we can respond to it together. Hey, bro, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. Blown out of proportion, Abby. He's talking about either resuscitating and, and providing life-giving uh, uh, care to the baby, which, as you say, is a separate patient now that uh, the baby has been born, the infant has been born, or not providing life-saving care and either allowing it to die and to choke on the amniotic fluid that may still be in its throat or or whatever the case might be. But, again, he's using the word infant, which brings to mind what? Infanticide. Well, okay, what if this is a 36-week-old baby? Mm-hmm. Baby doesn't need oxygen. Baby can live on its own, right? So what do you do then? You starve the baby to death? Do you? I mean, <laughs> it's just we're talking about homicide at that right. point and i i just it's it, it's it's so depraved um i just don't even understand i mean it's like does he hear himself talking has he ever you know witnessed a birth i mean does he have children he's a pe- he's a pediatric neuro a neurologist abby and that's the most by trade he's a doctor he's a pediatric neurologist yeah. turned politician and he said he spent his entire life caring for children and to suggest that he doesn't care about children is uh, is disgusting and false that's what he tweeted after all of this but it's, so it's this not, but it's not, you know he's saying oh it's a disgusting insinuation it's not an insinuation, sir. This is what you said yourself. Yeah, that that's what I, makes I this know. so. That's what makes this so uh, hard to comprehend. Uh, do you see Abby Johnson? Um, I, I read somebody comparing this, and I think I, I have come to agree with it. And I want to see if you do. 
uh, uh, that one of my Facebook friends described this as a seismic shift of the Overton window, which, uh, which essentially is to make one thing be so ghastly and so outrageous that it makes something that is this also disgusting but lesser so seem tame by comparison. This, this, you know, aborting at the moment of, of delivery or abo- now, according to the governor of Virginia, after delivery, killing after the baby. Delivery, yeah. yeah, that that makes first and second trimester abortions seem like, OK, those are all right now. Is is that the strategy here? Yeah, I don't know if that's like the strategy. I don't know if that's really the strategy, but I do think that we're, that's what we're going to see happening. Well, well, at least I, you know, I didn't abort in the third trimester. At least I aborted in the first trimester. I You know, I don't. It is so. You know, I have to say. I mean, I look. I've done a lot of terrible things when I worked at Planned Parenthood. But third trimester abortion was something that myself and most of my colleagues said that is too far. Um, Most and what what's been interesting actually is to see pro-choice people looking at this law, going, "Whoa, wait a minute, that that's too much." so the fact that these lawmakers are so out of touch, even with what their pro-choice constituents want, is really bizarre to me. And I don't understand why they continue to push this forward. Abby, I want to call on your experiences when you were a director uh, at the Planned Parenthood facility. Um, because a, a big question in this country right now, as we see what happened in New York with Governor Cuomo signing that bill, allowing uh, abortion literally up to the moment of delivery, all the mother has to do is say, I'm not mentally ready for this. And now suddenly that means her mental health is in jeopardy, so we can abort this baby uh, literally right before it enters the birth canal. Or impartial birth abortions after it's uh, a body has passed through the canal with the exception of the head still inside the cervix. Um, so people are asking all over this country, how common are those? How frequently or infrequently do third trimester abortions happen now? Given your experience with the clinic, with Planned Parenthood, uh, can you answer okay. that? Do you have an idea of how, yeah. how, how, how common it is? So I believe the latest statistics that we have um, tell us that about 14,000 third trimester abortions take place a year. So when you... You know, when you look at the numbers, you go, oh, it's such a small percentage. But when you actually flesh that number out, we're looking at over 10,000 children that are being aborted in the third trimester. So um, it's it's a significant number. It's not one or two, which would be too many. Um, but, you know, we're talking about, you know, ten to 15,000 babies a year. Well, you know, it, uh, we can talk about it as a tiny percentage, you're right, of the number of babies aborted every year, uh, the tiny percentage of this happening in the third trimester. But when you look at raw numbers, 10,000 is three times more than were killed, people who were killed at the in, on 9-11 at, at the World Trade Center yeah. and at the Pentagon. And we're talking about thousands of innocent lives being taken. So I don't think we can overstate that. When you say, you know, if it's 2,000 or 10,000, it's an extraordinarily ridiculous number because we're we're legitimizing that type of horrific death because remember in the third trimester uh, babies can feel pain their nervous systems are developed uh they can feel everything that we can feel so if their arms are being ripped off of their bodies as part of the dismemberment before delivery or if they're being injected with the uh with the solution that uh, essentially kills them from the inside out all of these things are extraordinarily painful and if it's mm-hmm. i don't care if it's 2 or 2000 or 10 or 10000 right i mean people need yeah. to know about the horrors of this and and any of them are unacceptable yeah absolutely and i think 
you know, people like this governor of Virginia say, oh, comfort care. Okay, what what kind of comfort care is provided for the child in the womb that's being aborted? None, right? So now, though, once the baby's born, he wants to provide comfort care before he kills it. We're actually, in that situation, we're actually talking about what happened with Gosnell in Pennsylvania, um, where he was killing babies after they were born alive. By the way, he's serving several consecutive sentences for murder in a Pennsylvania penitentiary. So why is it okay for the governor to say, well, this is acceptable, but Gosnell is serving life term for doing the exact same thing? Because it's not okay. Because it's homicide. Because it's murder. Yeah, um, if you recall, uh, Gosnell said, um, after his conviction, he said he is perfectly comfortable with what he has done, what he has done, and that he said it will be fully acceptable in this country within his lifetime. Yep. He was right. That's he right. was right. Five, he he went to prison six years ago. I think he was convicted in 2013. And Abby Johnson, he was right. Here we are in 2019, and the governor of Virginia is signing a law or yep. wants to sign a law that says what he did is a okay uh, with the state of Virginia. That's that's a staggering thing. <laughs> 1025 as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth, she has physical signs of, um, that she is about to give a birth, would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? She's dilating. Uh, Mr. Chairman, that would be a, you know, a decision that the doctor, the physician, and the woman. I understand that. that. I'm asking point. if your bill allows that. My bill would allow that, yes. That is the awkward and uncomfortable silence when you ask a an abortionist, a pro-abortionist, to actually defend their evil uh, out loud. Uh, Kathy Tran, the delegate, Democrat delegate in Virginia, could not do that until she was forced to do so in direct questioning by her Republican colleague. We continue now with Abby Johnson in reaction to that and more. Abby Johnson, a former Planned Parenthood director and now one of the uh, leading pro-life activists in this country. Abby, I, I say this or I ask this. Obviously, not to shame you. I think you have said many times through the years you are ashamed of what you used to do. But I just want to ask, because you, you've said that you were uh, participated in or were responsible for in some way as the director of a clinic, up to twenty-two thousand abortions. Um, can you talk about any personal experiences or knowledge of third trimester abortions among those twenty-two thousand at your clinics? Is that something Planned Parenthood does on? A, a regular basis or a fairly regular basis from your own experiences there? Planned Parenthood generally does not do third trimester abortions. There are only about five physicians in the country that will perform abortions in the third trimester. Um, they have clinics in New Mexico, Colorado, Maryland. Um, those are the and those are the primary places that they go. But there's about five physicians. Um, two of them actually studied under Dr. George Tiller, um, who was killed and who, of course, was a notorious late-term abortion provider. Right. Um, so there's only a handful of doctors that perform them. Um, 
Warren Hearn in Boulder, Colorado is probably the most well-known. He's been performing these procedures since the 70s. Um, is it, is it we'll safe to say, up. Abby, if I'm sorry to interrupt, but is it safe to say that because these states are now moving to legalize it, because it's been illegal, third trimester abortions have been illegal after yeah. 20 or 24 weeks in, in, in so many states, that now that these states are trying to do this the way New York just did, that number is going to grow. Uh, I mean, if the profit is there, these, you know, if they're willing to kill a baby at 24, you, you changed your life because of what you watched with a 13 year old uh, baby in gestation. Uh, if, if they're willing to do it at 20 weeks or 22 weeks, uh, I mean, I cannot imagine now that it will be legalized in so many of these uh, states that there will be abortionists who have no problem doing it at 30 weeks or 36 weeks or all the way up to the very moment of, of delivery. Well, and I'll tell you from my experience, it's extremely lucrative for the abortion provider. So um, these abortion providers, to abort a baby at 30 weeks gestation, we're talking about $15,000-$17,000. So it's extremely lucrative for them uh, to provide the the late-term abortion procedure. Um, So, I I mean, you're right. If you're going to do it at 24 weeks, Oh, you know, elective abortions. Why not do it at twenty-eight and charge fifteen thousand dollars? Why not do right. it at thirty? I mean, why stop? Right. And 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 many of these procedures are covered by health care or by health insurance because they are considered women's reproductive health care. It's not considered to be what we know it to be, which is essentially the, yeah. you know, the murder of a the murder of a child. It's considered health care, so they don't yeah. have to pay for except for maybe the copay or you know, and of course their premiums. Uh, Abby, uh, yeah, last thing you're, because you're we're exactly right. Yeah, about 50% of insurance companies will cover elective terminations up until 40 weeks, and the Canadian government is actually paying for women to come down to the United States and have abortions in the third trimester. Wow. That is that is a staggering realization. And, Abby, before you go, um, uh, you mentioned Roe v. Wade, and maybe the reason why so many of these states are taking these actions to, um, uh, to expand abortion access is because they fear that maybe Roe v. Wade will be on its way to uh, being challenged mm-hmm. and, and possibly overturned. What's your opinion on that? Do you think that's likely, uh, given the fact that, um, you know, Brett Kavanaugh, uh, has, has, he was, he's a pro-life judge, justice. And when he was, uh, confirmed just a couple of months ago, he said, in my view, um, Roe v. Wade is a settled, is settled law. And I am not here to undo settled law. Uh, so do you think that we'll ever really truly see that challenged and, and defeated, uh, at the Supreme Court level? I do, but I think, so I think, RBG is going to have to retire mm-hmm. um, one way or another. And then I think if we get a truly, I, you know, I don't know about Kavanaugh, I don't know if he's really pro-life or not, but I do know that if we get a justice like Amy Barrett in the court, then I think that we will absolutely have the majority and they will have the opportunity to challenge Roe. I think it is possible. Um, I think it's very possible, and I think it's something that, that we all really need to be hoping and praying for. Well, I know that there are millions who are praying for just that, and I know a lot of them are inspired by you. And one last thing before you go. You have a movie coming out in the spring. I want to see a trailer so bad for Unplanned, and I can't find one. Can you tell me, is there a trailer available? I'm sorry? There is. It actually it was just released today. Really? So, uh, yeah, the trailer was just released today, and uh, yeah, so you should be able to Google it and find it 
on the internet. You can also find it on unplannedfilm.com. Coming out Un- March 29th. Uh, that was my next question, is when does the film premiere? Okay, so it's March 20th. I cannot even imagine the pushback that you are going to get from the progressive left and the uh, pro-abortionists about this film when it premieres. They're going to be calling to boycott it and not uh, let uh, uh, theaters carry it or anyone anyone air it. It's going to be an, an unbelievable pushback against you, and that's why I want to salute you for doing it. It is long overdue, to be quite honest with you. So I, uh, I'd love to have you back on before March 29th when it does premiere, Abby, so that we can promote the living daylights out of this. It is a very, very Absolutely. important film. did you say, Abby Johnson? Un- unplannedfilm.com. Unplannedfilm.com. I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to put it on my Facebook page. I'll put it everywhere I can so that everyone can see the uh, the trailer for Abby's movie. Abby, thank you for what you do. Thank you for what you have uh, been doing. And uh, and God, uh, God bless you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Abby Johnson on AM 1420, The Answer. She is, uh, of course, an extraordinarily, uh, profoundly important pro-life activist. If you'd like to respond to that conversation, dial now. We'll put you on after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.